Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff. I'm your host. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about parenting five children who are both typical and on the spectrum. I can't wait for you to meet Rebecca Stone. But before we get to today's show, uh, I'd like to read our community's preamble, which states... The Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truth, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one, so we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life that we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment, one day at a time. Esther and Jerry Hicks call it the science of deliberation. We call it the answer to all of our prayers. Before we get to our show today, I'd like to introduce a short guided meditation and affirmation and just an opportunity for us to sit quiet for a moment. So... If you'll find a comfortable place wherever you are, sit up tall with your vertebrae straight by giving an affirmation that we can kind of listen to me say a few times, and then you can say it in your own mind if you'd like again. So I am now creating a successful life and family in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way, in its own perfect timing for the highest good of all. I am now creating a successful life and family in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way, in its own perfect timing for the highest good of all. I am now creating a successful life and family in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way, in its own perfect timing for the highest good of all. And now you can just say that yourself or any version to yourself. I'll say it one more time and then we'll just sit quiet for a minute. I am now creating a successful life and family in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way, in its own perfect timing for the highest good of all.
So we'll start slow on the uh, meditation at the beginning of the show, since that's the first time. We'll see how everybody likes it and if people want to continue it into what level we want to sit quiet and for how long. And um, so I love your feedback, but I would like to get to our show today and to our guest. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, we're excited to hear your story. So the little I know of you thus far is you have five children between the ages of 11. 11. Tell us. So I have five kids and the ages range from 11 to 16 months. One of my boys is not completely diagnosed yet. When we went in to go get diagnosed for autism, they wanted to see him back one more time before he gets diagnosed with autism. And I am suspecting that my oldest boy has a processing disorder, kind of just goes in one ear, not the other. And then he kind of just, you know, what? <laughs> We're working on that too. When yeah. Did you, when did you notice something might be on a different trajectory? This is your 11 year old you're saying might have a, a processing nine. disorder? He's nine. nine. And I started noticing that around six. I'm a stepmom. Unfortunately, I don't really have that kind of like, hey, I don't have really authority over what goes on with his mental health and his physical health. Yeah, I mean, I raise him, but past that, getting him to get diagnosed or get an evaluation, I'm not the only parent involved. Um, it just depends on what um, the other parent is thinking at that time. Is that a sensitive dynamic? It is. <laughs> Yeah, it was a struggle when we went to the doctor for my nine-year-old. I raised all of the kids. We have custody of all of them. When I felt like something was wrong, I don't even want to say wrong. I want to say different. Um, yeah. When I felt like something was different with Xavier, like I'm just, you know, he's really a concrete thinker. So if I tell him to fold a towel and, you know, go put it away, there's no give in that. So like one of the cats... <laughs> Um, went to the bathroom on the towel and he was folding it knowing that there was cat poop on it and he was going to put it away. And then the 11 year old lost her mind. Like, I'm like, okay, buddy, listen, if there's cat poop on the towel, please don't fold it and put it away. Like I'll wash it, even throw it away. I don't yeah. want to clean it. Do you want to clean it? I don't want to clean it. So you can just throw it away. That's totally fine. Yeah. But that's kind of like, you know, just how it is, you know, lots of flapping and visual stimulation and all that. I mean, if it was up to me that that boy would have a diagnosis, I would give him that gift and give him tools to succeed yeah. in life. Is the idea is the is the challenge that maybe the other parent isn't, doesn't I want. I'm going to say, I think it's an ego thing. Like, oh, God forbid something be wrong with one of my kids. Yeah. Kind of a, I think that that's like an attack on that person. On the yeah. Parent. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, like, I get it. Cause like when I took my son to the doctor, he was one, like he was about the age Charlotte was. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is going to be a hard visit. But you know, I mean, I went to the doctor and I was like, Hey, autism runs in the family. He does a lot of weird stuff. Like Christmas, he sat there and took all the ornaments down and spun them. And if they didn't spin, they got stuffed under the couch and I found them later in January. Like tiptoes, he walks on his tiptoes. He, I mean, he's two and a half and he still doesn't really talk. 
he makes sounds like he's talking. Like it sounds like he's saying hello. It, like I'm not like, he doesn't look at me and go mama. Um, yeah. not, he's not really started saying mama yet. Even, um, he'll say dada, but I don't think he connects dad and drew together. You know, I see. um, his, I love you's are like snuggles or he'll give you his forehead for you to kiss, but he only wants affection when he wants it. And if you're trying to give it to him when he doesn't want it, it's like a thing. So how do you and dad do with all these dynamics that are, in my opinion, they've been challenging in my life. It took a really long time for us to get on the same page. I was raised by a Marine and I understand that we can't raise our kids like Marines, but we do need to have expectations and set expectations for our kids. We are starting to get the same expectations for all of the kids. They're not all the same expectations between all the kids because what a six-year-old can do and what an 11-year-old can do are two different things. I expect your bed to be made in the morning and Drew backs that up. He's like, yeah, you know what? That's not a hard thing to do. Just do it. And then like you're done. In the beginning, it was a lot of just like, no, come on, we got to do this. Oh, she's fine. No, you got to do this. Oh, they're fine. Other oh, kids. And I'm just like, okay, we just need to sit down and, and like have an actual conversation. My six-year-old is from my previous marriage. We actually get along really great. It's in, like when Drew got COVID, TJ took her and was like, well, sh- let's just keep her here. So it is nice to have like one parent where we can co-parent with really well, because that doesn't usually happen all the way around the board, but it did take a really long time for everybody to yeah. figure it out. I do try to like be as nice as I can to the other parents, the other mom. I try to like, you know, Hey, you know, I've been noticing that Xavier's doing this and she'll be like, Oh, okay. And like, we're trying it's just not something that's going to be overnight. And by the time we start all getting along really well, maybe the kids will be out of the house. Yeah. Maybe. Um, <laughs> we'll right. see. Yeah. I mean, when I listen and I think about the parent dynamics in my mixed situation, it's like, wow, if we could all just get along, it would be so much better. But it's just not that easy. And you can't just wave a wand for somebody to get something that I want them to get. So acceptance is the key to a lot of my potential problems in life. I'm learning that as a parent. Explain what a difficult day in your house looks like. So when things don't feel like they're going smoothly, what's your house look or sound like, feel like? In the mornings, it is straight up chaos. Like I'm not even going to lie. And for two months there, it was like really bad for some reason for Lincoln. That's my two-year-old who's um, definitely on the spectrum and is going through like speech and occupational. He's going to start ABA. I mean, like he is, and he's got a teacher that comes once a week. Like if it's on one of the days where like, you know, his speech therapist is here or his occupational therapists show up, it's usually a hectic day. And it's a lot of like every morning we have morning chores. So no one likes that. And I'm like, well, you know, do it, get used to it. Cause you're going to have to do it when you're an adult. So, you know, just might as well start now. <laughs> when we first started dropping the kids off at school, this was so bad. Lincoln would get so upset that his siblings would leave. My kid is two and is 40 pounds. Wow. And yeah, him and the six-year-old, same size. He's <laughs> doing a big fit 
screaming, meltdowns, biting, kicking. I mean, like everything. There's nothing that I feel like I can do to calm him down. And we have a playroom upstairs. It's got toys. It's got a TV. We put cocoa melon on. And when he was having fits like that, I was like, I don't know what to do. I just can't. I cannot handle this. I don't know what you want. He keeps biting his little sister. Like it was just, oh, so bad. So I would eventually, I started shutting him in the playroom with cocoa melon on and a bottle. And I would keep that door shut until I heard it stop. I just didn't know what else to do. I was like, you're a maniac. Like, it is what it is. Like, I know that there's like a lot going on in your head and I wish I could see the world that way. But you need to go into this playroom that I have spent all my time in trying to make it perfect just for you. And you need to just deal with your life for a second. (laughs) And then I have to like attend to the baby because he would bite her like every day. I mean, he still bites her every day. He really hates her because she's unpredictable. Does that work? Does he calm down? Yeah, eventually. Mm -hmm. And when I hear him stop, I open the door. I do not initiate any contact. That is what I've learned. Do not. It's not up to you. You're not the one having a meltdown. Let the meltdown kid come to you. And like, it has done wonders. Like, it's like when you're mad, right? And you don't want to talk to anybody and you open up the door, but you don't want anyone to really come in into your space. And someone just starts trying to initiate a conversation with you. Is that going to work for you? Because it does not work for me. I have to be able to come to you. And that's kind of the same with Linky. He's don't initiate, just come to you. It made me think of a, a story that to go along with the mixed parenting things. So on my son's door, I have a lock on the outside of the door. I have 100% custody of all five of my kids. When my ex is struggling with a uh, drug problem that hopefully she'll sort out sooner than later. At any rate, when she heard, <laughs> About the lock, that was something that she decided to call child welfare services about to, to try and see if she could get, you know, some kind of dirt trash on me. So child welfare services, I have a report on you. I hear that you're locking your kid in the room all day long and not feeding him and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> the house, I had the lock. I ended up having to go to the doctor to get a prescription from his pediatrician that said that it is for his safety and for the safety of the house and the other kids and that parents are home. And then I had to bring the prescription for the lock on the outside of the door to child welfare services to clear myself of not getting my kids taken away for being an abusive father. There's the naked truth there. I have definitely dealt with child CPS before. My oldest went to her mother and told her that I, I starve her. She's bigger than me. I mean, like CPS came by and they're like, yeah, it all looks good. I mean, like, she's fine. Everyone's fine. I just, I think it's funny that I'm taking care of something that's so important to this other woman. And, you know, I would do basically anything, even give my life for my stepkids Mm -hmm. and my biological kids. Like, it's just, I mean, my ex-husband got married to another woman I give her Mother's Day gifts because she's the mom to my kid. She is Chloe's other mother. Yeah. And she, she's awesome. And they treat my daughter good. And 
they make sure she's fine. And she comes home excited to tell me what mama Megan did and daddy TJ get got are they're doing and they're going over to Seattle and I let him have her for the whole spring break because he was going to give her a better spring break than I could. Like, I get it. He's going to go to a monster truck show. He's taking her to like point defiance and in an aquarium and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know what? That sounds really fun. You should take her and don't worry about coming back early. Just stay. That's fine. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that's, I mean, one of the reasons I created the show was to try and get these messages out there. I mean, who knows? Maybe there's somebody listening who's like, yeah, I have been a little bit of a blah, blah, blah. And maybe it's a time for them to open up and like put some things behind because, you know, I think about my exes, like if child welfare services found something wrong, they can't give the kids to her, which means they would have to put them in the foster system and nobody's going to take five kids within six years of age and two with special needs. So they're going to get split up in the foster system. But yet in her mind, that was an effort to like take some of the, and it's like, can we just put our kids can we lift our kids up for yeah. one and put ourselves behind it's, and try to do the right thing? It's not about us. And We're it's great to, to hear that you're doing that. I'm trying to do that. I haven't always been perfect at that. So I'm not above it. I'm just trying to do the right thing to the best of my ability. So it's great to hear that you're doing the same thing. What's your secret for working through some of these challenges with your partner Because it sounds like you said you weren't always on the same page and you've worked to get on the same page. Not everybody's able to take that journey together. What's your secret? Constant, constant, constant communication. And if you're mad, tell them before you explode. Like, I am very good at being like, hey, something needs to be done because this isn't normal. and We need to do something about it. And I mean, like, no matter what, if, if it was about the kids, if it was, we were upset about how the kids were being or this or that, you know, it's always, I always found it more important that the kids were to get help. October's mom is not the best mom. I'm going to completely leave her name out of it, but I am going to talk about her because part of this was a real trial on our relationship she was in and out of jail. She's a heavy drinker. She parties all the time. She sees her mom do those things. And that is the coolest thing mm-hmm. that mom could do no wrong. Mom stole mom deserved that. And it, you know, I find it really important that October gets therapy because I want her to be a functioning adult if we can't get her to do that and if she veers off, like what did we do as parents really? What standards did we have for her? Do we need to reevaluate and see how we're raising our kids and what morals we're giving them? So therapy, uh, she's a stubborn one, did not work. She just kind of just at the therapist the whole time. So we're gonna be getting her into the best program and that is very intensive therapy where she actually gets admitted into the hospital for eight hours a day for a whole week. We're hoping that that will help. It's after a lot of trial and things not working, did that option land in our lap. With all of that, like it was constant, like Drew, something needs to be done. We need to do something for her. We need to, you know, and it was 
it's always just like co-parenting was really hard. Mm-hmm. But the communication, the doctor visits, the proof, she's throwing huge fits where it's just like, do you see now? Do you see now? Like we need to get this. We need to get this retained. I would say communication, honestly, and persistence. How much do you believe in this to be an actual issue? Does your partner feel the same way? Um, And if not, what do you want to do about that? Do you want to let it go? Do you think it's worth letting go? Not all things are worth the fight, but some things are. Drew and I are in a really good place right now. Constant communication. It's been a battle with the kids, but yeah, constant communication. I remember telling him, I'm like, I think Lincoln has autism. And his response was, you think everyone has autism? I'm like, no, just Xavier and Lincoln and maybe you, (laughs) but you know. (laughs) I'm sure that went over well. Yeah, that's awesome. You, I mean, you inspired me. The one piece I got out of that is to not blow up before you try to communicate. Because it's easy for me to see if something's not being understood to get frustrated and getting frustrated is like giving up on the conversation and the situation and potentially even the relationship, right? Like, cause it can go from zero to a, a thousand so fast. Right. Well, I just fuck yeah. it. Fuck the whole thing. Right. You know, excuse my language, but, um, but it's not a professional show. I just, it's a passion project. So maybe I'm allowed to swear. I don't know. Anyway. So I appreciate you saying that because for me personally, I have to not, change my temperament. So you seem like you have a very grounded, you seem to be very balanced and patient. How do you take care of you? How do you stay within it all with so much going on? So I run every single day because if I don't, I'm not the same person, I'm grumpy. And then I also make sure I get coffee every day because that matters to me. Sure. I mean, we could look at it like it's a drug. Coffee might be a drug. I don't know. But I mean, it's better than meth. So (laughs) there's that. And then (laughs) I I haven't really been doing a lot of meat stuff. Uh, I actually get married in, I I think, 10 days or something like that. Um, Um, So thank you. It has been hair-pullingly hectic, um, which the kids have picked up on, of course. But typically it's a workout and coffee, maybe a Red Bull or four. I don't know. It totally helps my mood. You know, I also make sure that like, cause I, I have depression. I've had depression my whole life. I take my pills every single day. I know that the depression gets worse in the, in the winter time. So I make sure I go see my doctor and get those babies up. And then in the springtime, I'm able to drop it down a little bit just cause I get more sunlight, but that took years of finding the right medication that was recognizing for me that my depression is anger. It comes out as I'm angry and I don't know how to tell you that I'm just really sad. And Mm -hmm. so therapy. Wow. You've touched me. This is the reason the show was created because these are the kind of conversations I wanted to have because this is what's really going on in my life. It's great to hear it's going on in your lives and I assume it's going on in other people's lives and to sit around and talk about like the whatever special chew toy is going to like save our lives and our families isn't what the show was created for. It was for these kind of conversations to keep it real. So I I appreciate 
you doing this. And for me, one of my psychiatrists is my fitness program. Running's a part of that. And without that, I, I would need a different medication to support the hole that that would bring because it brings a hole for me. Yeah. And for the listeners that are out there that are struggling or feeling depressed, I just want you to hear that there's no shame in going to a doctor and seeing if medication can help you through some hurdles because I wouldn't have made it to this point without medication helping me over some hurdles. Some I yeah. still take and some I don't take. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. We do like a um, to get some more of your thoughts, kind of a, a rapid fire, one word to one sentence answer to a few different questions so we can hear more of your thoughts and opinions. Are you up for that? I'm totally down. All right. Here we go. What's the best advice you have received? Pick your battles. Best advice I've received because I used to be a control freak. Nice. What online course topic would you sign up for if it was available today? If it was available today, probably there should be a course on like raising kids, but raising kids in blended families and learning your place would be an amazing course to have. I like that. <laughs> Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? Honestly, my recommendation is it's 2022. We're able to find things that are different about our kids. That doesn't mean they're bad or they're broken or anything like that. If a doctor is sitting there telling you, hey, you know, occupational therapy or speech therapy is needed, you know, your kid should be probably speaking now since he's two or, or three, take that and try to bridge that gap uh, your child has to where your child should be. Nice. What's the next thing on your list that you want to add for your individual well-being? I'm going to go to Hawaii. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> nice. What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? I would say probably I wish I would have taken like an early childhood development class and really taken that as a career. I'm happy with my job now. However, I am very passionate about like autism awareness and different, not less than and all that. I wish I would have taken more of a that course in my life and maybe when I'm older and I have got gray hair, that's what I'll do. Nice. Do you have a favorite product that you use for yourself or your children or your family that you just love and couldn't live without? It's a chicken nugget. And let me explain that. <laughs> My son wasn't eating enough vegetables. And so um, I found these chicken nuggets that are vegetable nuggets. They've been great and they're really yummy. And I know that's a weird thing to not live without, but Mr. Sensory Issues upstairs, he really loves that. And, you know, hey, man, if that's what's going to take for you to eat your vegetables, then I'll buy 10 boxes. I love it. And I just want to tell you, I've enjoyed our conversation today. I've gotten a lot out of it. I know the listeners in Naked Parent Nation enjoyed it as well. Do you have anything from what we talked about or just any final thoughts that you'd like to share before we let you go and get married? <laughs> yeah, because that's right now. Honestly, no. I really appreciated this. And, you know, thank you for having me on the show. It's been great. I even told people to not call me and they did anyways. I enjoyed our time. And thank you so much for having me here. Okay. I hope we can stay in touch down the road and check back in and get an update from time to time. I'm totally down. Anytime okay. you would like. All right. Thanks, Rebecca. Bye. No problem. Thank you. 
This concludes our show for today, and I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long. <laughs>